1: welcome back everybody happy thursday
0: hello i am mars and i'm caitlin katie kate and we are back for an amazing episode with lily of geiger she's a New yorker. of she's a new yorker with uh lily geiger the founder and CEO of Philia, which is a non-alcoholic aperitivo. And we actually knew of Lily in back in high school. We had a lot of mutual, mutual friends. friends. She's a fellow New Yorker and city girl. And during the pandemic, started her own business. We don't want to give away the story, but it's a really heartfelt personal and, story. Yeah. she. I mean, we really get into it all, but... So before we get into the interview, we're going to get into our five F's of the week.
1: And what we've been up to lately.
0: Yes. Um, Okay, let's do the five F's first. Yeah. And then I'll talk about my treacherous um, travel journey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Unaccompanied
1: Minors is the movie that you guys reminded me of.
0: Really? Okay, I should watch that.
1: You've never seen unaccompanied no dude i old, watched bro, I watched a
0: classic on. on the plane though it's called scent of a Woman. It's an Al Pacino movie
1: I've never seen that you i I'm like such a movie girl, like I love and I'm so movies not and it, it it's, it's like mind blowing the movies that you haven't seen sometimes, yeah,
0: anyways, why don't we start with fads this week? Oh my God, <laughs> this one makes me freaking angry <laughs> um okay, bleached eyebrows like can we not? Can we not?
1: Who's bleaching their eyebrows and why? Tell if you bleach your eyebrows, please send us a DM of you a picture and like let us know like why you decided to do it.
0: Right, like there's been such a movement to get your eyebrows on fleek, like no literally judgment, the no term. No judgment.
1: I'm just curious, and no, I'm judging. I'm
0: judging because you know what? Like we've worked so hard to get to where we are at with our brows. Like
1: yeah, and guess what? Gen Z's also trying to take that away from us. Like, yeah, they're
0: trying to make them thin again. Thin and. Bleached. Bleached eyebrows. Kendall Jenner's doing it and uh, Amelia Gray. Um, Kendall Jenner loves to bleach her eyebrows. Yeah. And Amelia. I feel like what's feel Lisa Rinna's daughter. Lisa yeah, Rinna's daughter. Yeah. Hamlin. I'm, Amelia Like Hamlin. I hate to be like mean, but like it just throws off your whole face. I hate it. Not one piece of me likes it. And like, oh, be so pissed if it sticks around. Okay. Moving on. Fashion. Gothic Fashion. Yes.
1: And I mean, that's been around like rock star punk, like gothic looks have been around forever. Um, I feel like they, I feel like everybody has gone through more of a darker phase. Like I used to get black nail polish.
0: Yeah, totally. And wear too
1: much eyeliner and shop at LF.
0: I feel like now it's like everyone's dressing like the Adams family. Everything's just like a little bit gothic, and I can get with pieces.
1: I can't get with the full look. Like Me either. Okay, so speaking of gothic, what we really want to talk about are the Kardashian wedding looks from Courtney Kardashian and Travis Baker's wedding in Italy. Barker. Which, like, what did I say,
0: Baker, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Baker. <laughs> Travis Barker's <laughs>
1: wedding <laughs> in Italy, which honestly, like, pretty epic that Dolce and Gabbana pretty much, like, sponsored, sponsored the, whole the thing. wedding. Like, what?
0: And it was so pretty, like, on the side of a cliff.
1: Oh, um, the Sickening. aerial
0: views. Do you think they yeah. filmed
1: it? No. I know, that's very uncourt. Yeah, I don't. I feel Just a little cause bad for Just because I feel like it was Scott, so intimate. I wish they invited him. I'm not gonna lie, but it was too intimate. It was too intimate. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, their looks were all Dolce Gabbana.
0: All Dolce Gabbana. But like, the, I have but the to yacht say, was Dolce
1: Gabbana. Yeah.
0: The place. I liked like Chloe and Kim did like a yeah. taste of the gothic style, but like not too much of it. Same and I thought it was Kylie cool. And- Kendall theirs yeah. was like a little more like that like flowery like floral gothic vibe i like loved one of kylie's dresses like i would wear it i loved kendall's dress for the wedding i thought
1: it was so cool and kylie's dress that she wore i think it was on the yacht she wore it i thought was very pretty
0: the only thing i'm just like not down with is like i'm just not down with like tying christianity and the crosses to gothic
1: i know but that's like a thing a i thing. just like don't like it like why was I'm courtney covered it either, in the virgin
0: but, mary
2: oh
1: because it was um travis's tattoo on his head is the virgin mary and underneath it it says like loyalty trust and family or something like that and, and that's that was the veil what was on her veil it was like a exact replica of the his tattoo
0: interesting okay. let me get the right wording
1: People family loyalty dressing. and respect.
0: Okay. Oh,
1: now I can see it. Everybody go to Vogue Weddings to really see it and like read the caption. But I just no, like, listen, not my style at all. But she looked, I would never do it, but she looked so happy. And to yeah. be honest, her looks were my least favorite. Me too. Kris Jenner also
0: crushed. Crushed. I like that they all matched. It looked cool. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like, I'm down with some of the like. Like one of Kylie's t- looks.
1: I liked the dress independent of the outfit, right. Same with like one
0: of Chloe's looks. yeah, but whatever, I'm down with some of the Gothic. I just really wanted to talk about their wedding for a yeah. second. okay, food actually, should we save let's save food for the last one um okay, fun now that it's getting so hot in New York and last weekend was crazy I think we're in for a hot summer folks. <laughs> Honestly, I'm purse. like down for it though. Like, I'd rather that than cold. But oh well,
1: yeah. But I think it's going to be like scorching. Yeah, there's a
0: lot of fun rooftop pools that you can get some sun or even go swimming. Yeah. So that's our fun for the week. Get your friends and go. You probably have to get there early to get secure your some ass seats. Into one of the pools. Yeah. So some of our favorites are Soho House. In me packing and Dumbo House, I personally like Dumbo House if you're trying to actually swim. I mean, they just renovated Soul House Meatpacking, So House uh, Me Packing, so the pool is amazing there as well. But I just like Dumbo House a little bit more for like if I'm actually trying to like swim in the pool and tan, where So House Me Packing is more if you're like, you're trying to like hit a vibe and party. The
1: 60 Hotel has a pool. Um, honestly pretty much every hotel, but the sixty I think people mm-hmm. actually swim in. Um, Equinox
0: hotels
1: have Equinox a sick Hotels. Yeah. Pool. Printing house, I've heard, is like a great pool, but I'm not a member, so I've never been. Um and then the one hotel in Brooklyn, which is also like a great view. And then another one to mention is Jimmy at the James, but don't mm-hmm. swim in it. I've never seen someone swim in it. That's like social suicide.
0: Oh, pro- uh, Mr. Purple too. Do, do people seen, swim in that pool? I've never seen people swimming in that one either. Social suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely Google it. But what? I think do people swim in the pool? You probably can. You're definite, it's there for a reason. Guest like you of can. a guest like probably post an article on it. That's what I feel like a really fun
1: like, what would you activity. do if we were there for drinks and, like, I showed up in a bathing suit and a cover-up and, like, flip-flops and a towel and I, like, actually jumped in the pool? After
0: a few drinks, like, I'd probably jump in with you.
1: Oh, okay, you wouldn't judge me? No. Okay, thank you. That's a real friend.
0: Um, Yeah, it's. I feel like that's a really good, fun activity for the summer, especially when it gets so hot in the city and you just, like, don't even want to be sitting on a rooftop, like, sweating your ass off drinking if there's not a pool there. Yeah. Um, also,
1: this summer for our fitness slash wellness trend or topic or whatever or something that this is something that we're actually really doing like I recently just started doing this
2: I'm gonna start
1: putting chia seeds in my water I'm gonna start what's the benefit of it so I know it I only got this from Brie. Everybody stay tuned. Our friend Brie is coming on the show soon. But so she in college started doing it and I picked up on it from her and I never really did it. I just knew it was a thing. And then like last weekend I was so hungover. The only way to get through my day was basically to sedate myself. Yeah. But something I did do for myself was uh, put some chia seeds in my water bottle. Why? And it help for a hangover. No, it just made it, you feel healthy, and it also helps like with um. It I think it it hydrates you more. Like I'm pretty sure the chia seeds like hold on to the water, like retain the water. Okay. I also could be making this up, but Brie always told me like for extra hydration, like add chia seeds to your water. It also makes you fuller. Okay, so I, there's I've heard some that sort too. of benefit there. I think they have protein in, them. and I think they're an antioxidant.
0: Yes. Yes, they are. That's what we just did an interview actually with an herbalist. And she talked about chia seeds as being like really good for your gut health. So I think it's like what, like one to two tablespoons you're supposed to put in your I was kind of
1: eyeballing it. Yeah. And just dumping it into my water. I think bottle. it's
0: supposed to be one to two tablespoons. Because I it know too taste much like Yeah. And I know too much is not good. Like too much of chia oh, I
1: definitely did probably too much too much of like chia or flax water bottle. is not good. Um but I like the texture of them. Me too. They're like jelly, me. like yeah. gelatin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good one. I'm gonna try it. Maybe try I'll do it. It I feel like tomorrow. you're gonna like it.
1: Food. Saint Theo's and American Bar. We've talked about Saint Theo's, but not, you know, we have some updates. And we haven't talked about American Bar. Wow. Angry. Someone's angry. I I'm hope angry. you all heard that. That totally disrupted my St. Theo's
0: or American Bar? Yeah. So we're
1: talking about both of them. They are both a vibe. They are both a scene. Same owners. They are both hard to get into and have the same owners. American Bar, I feel like, has great, great salads. Mm -hmm. So I was at St. Theo's last weekend. With a very special guest,
0: the best. Some some may say, some may argue, the best dinner guest.
1: Yeah, and that would be Z uh, Tatsiki Pantelidis,
0: angel of all angels, better known as Zeke
1: or on Instagram Zeke Sleeps. Um, so Zeki and I hit St. Theo's last weekend and it was a vibe. And but and uh, to close out American bar before I get too into yeah, detail about St.
0: Theo's. I really actually really really like the food there. Yeah. I really like the food there. St. Theo, I love the vibe. I love the little marinated cucumbers that they bring out at the beginning or whatever they are, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. zucchinis, and I love their bread.
1: The bread's great. Ziggy loved the bread.
0: Yeah, the bread's great. She's got good taste. Um, the pastas are good. Yeah. The salads are good. Yeah. So, update on the menu. Okay. The
1: pasta, blanking on the name, the one that you always refer yeah. to as, like, a glorified mac and cheese with the chili on the side. Yeah. Became so popular,
0: they moved it off to the, the lunch menu. Oh. Menu.
1: Uh, and it's, no, it's only now served on, I think, Monday and Tuesdays. Yeah, because the
0: past two times I've been, they didn't have it either. Yeah, so they
1: moved it to Monday, Tuesdays. And now what they'll do is, like, switch it up a little bit, which I liked. Oh. But, listen, St. Theo's vibe is top. Top. And American
0: Bar, like, I think the food's amazing. I yeah. genuinely think it's really good. I like good.
1: the vibes at St. Theo's more than American Me Bar. Me
0: too, for sure.
1: It's it's a little different. I can't put my finger on it, but it's a little different. yeah. Um, so Zeki and I sat at St. Theo's last weekend because I was her designated weekend mom. I Literally. babysat Zeki for the weekend that Mars was away. Her brother was graduating from college from Tulane. Congrats, Nika. Oh my I God. Know. It's crazy. Yeah. So she was at the graduation, barely, and... <laughs> Zeke and I were at St. Theo's on Saturday night. Literally. And she was an angel. angel. Zeki got
0: matcha at San Ambrose that morning. Oh,
1: Zeke and I had a weekend.
0: She went to St. Theo's. A Katie texts me, she's like, is it okay? Like, as if, like, you know, like... Listen, I was nervous. A babysitter, like, yeah. actually watching, like, a kid, like, oh, can I give them candy? Like, oh, can I...
1: Like... <laughs> What's the bedtime? Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> like, Katie was like, can I take her to St. Theo's? Like, is that okay? And I was like... I Why wouldn't it be? Well, I was
1: concerned it was too loud for her.
0: Yeah, I was like, if she can get in, yeah, totally. Like, does she have her ID? Like,
1: (laughs) the plan was for Zeke and I, I wanted to get her home at a normal hour because I was like, (laughs) you know, is this a lot for her? So I went, I sat outside, had a drink. Zeke was in heaven, was having so much fun. We have one drink, and I was like, all right, it's time to go. Like, you're getting tired, right, Zeke? So we start leaving. My mom's like, Oh, um, Joe and I are having dinner at St. Theo's and I was around the corner. I was in the West Village and she was like, just stop by. I was like, I'm with Zeke. She's like, just walk in. So I look at Zeke and I'm like, bro, this is going to be like mission impossible. Zeke, like hide your face. Don't make eye contact with anybody. Look down and like, just play it cool. (laughs) People probably saw me talking to Zeki, giving her a pep talk. Like, is this girl okay? Literally. I was ready to be like, she's my service animal. <laughs> so we walk in well, we run in and they were at the first table, thank God. And the guy was like, um, it's totally fine. Does she want a water? He's <laughs> like, please. So we got Zeki a water and- she, she sat on my lap the whole time. She was so fine. No, Zeke, we had so, bougie so much this weekend. fun. We had so much fun. And we'll post some pics of Zeke at St. Theo's. She's a great sidekick.
0: She's a great sidekick. Such a she's such sidekick. a wing woman. Oh my God. Yeah, because she's a lover, not a fighter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she just has attachment issues, but yeah. now I don't mind them because she's also attached to me. It's like she
0: knew, like I know, Katie's gonna bring me back to my mother, so I am not leaving yeah. Katie's side. No,
1: she knew, she knew, she knew.
0: So yeah, while Katie was um, showing Zeke the high life, I was had the most treacherous travel day of my actual life. Um, you so were
1: basically you spent more time, I think, at the airport than you did in New in Orleans. New Orleans,
0: one hundred percent. So Carly and I were supposed to leave for New Orleans. We were supposed to leave for New Orleans on Thursday. Then it was my cousin's 30th birthday party Thursday night. There was nothing for my brother's graduation on Friday besides a party for his frat Friday night. So Carly and I were like, oh, so realistically, we don't need to be there until Saturday for the graduation. So we changed our flight to Friday. There was a 3 o'clock, 3.30 Delta flight. We were like, perfect. So we booked that flight. It would bring us into New Orleans by 6 we the party started at 7 30. We were like perfect. Yeah. We're set.
1: Things are going well.
0: So it from the beginning it was bad. I'm working from home and I get a text from Carly and she's like, our flight just got canceled. Now it was like one o'clock. I'm like, what do you mean? I check the Delta app, flights canceled. They give us no reason. And I'm like Delta girly and like Delta, I'm a little bit upset. Like you guys could have given a reason. No reason. So I hope we got a refund. Yeah. So I was like, um, Okay, I'm like frantically searching. I'm like, okay, there's a JetBlue flight at 2.30. She was like, okay, but we got to go. It's at a JFK. We were pulling up to JFK at like one forty five, and our flight boarded at 2.
1: Okay, so you were- Carly about- and
0: I are pre-check girlies and clear girl. No, pre-check at first so pull up to JFK I've never seen a security line like this before in my life then we realized oh my god we're flying JetBlue we didn't put our pre-check numbers in because like with Delta our pre-check numbers are auto-populated because we're like Delta Skymile members so we run to the kiosk at JetBlue we're like we board in 15 minutes we need to get our pre-check numbers in because literally I've never seen a security line like this before in my life it was like out the door
1: oh my god so
0: we get our pre-check numbers, we run to the gate, we, uh, we run to security, we run through security, we run to the gate, get to the gate, delayed 45 minutes. Okay, not that bad. We're like, perfect, now we have time to like get a sandwich. And like chill. Chill. Delayed another 45 minutes. We're like, okay. We go and sit down, we have a beer. For people who know me, I don't even drink beer. I was like, fine, let's get a beer. So we get a beer. And Carly looks at me and she's like, I have a bad feeling about this day. And I'm like, don't put Great. that into the universe. We go back to the gate, they're like delayed another 45 minutes. We're like, oh shit. So now we're like, we're we're barely gonna make it to the party. We're like, we're gonna have to land and just go straight to the party. So we're texting my mom. So then the woman's like, Okay, we're preparing to board. Like the plane is here. The plane was being repaired. The plane was being serviced for for repair. Let's start boarding. They start lining up like handicapped, elderly, like to board them first.
1: Yeah, we're going.
0: All of a sudden, this kid comes up to me. Shout out to Kevin. And he's like, the fight was canceled. And I was like, What? He's like, I just got a text flight was canceled. The woman gets on the loudspeaker and she's like, "Sorry, this flight's, flight's been canceled.
1: canceled." Literally
0: teased us like we were boarding. So they're like, "Everybody run to kiosk one to figure out if you can get on the 9 p.m. flight." There was a 9 p.m. flight with JetBlue to New Orleans out of out JFK. of JFK. Now it was 5:30, so now all, like we're we're getting late in the day. We run. There's probably 500 people I'm online. Sure. There was. New Orleans flight that was canceled. There was a Las Vegas flight that was canceled and a Buffalo flight that was canceled. So
1: everybody was crowding the kiosk. All
0: JetBlue. All of a sudden the woman's like, uh, 9 p.m. JetBlue flight to New Orleans was canceled too. So we're like, perfect. So, so there's a the third canceled flight. Third canceled flight. So now there are no flights. I look online, n- zero flights to New Orleans for the rest of the day. Zero. So I look online. There's a 6 a.m. United flight out of Newark. But this flight was literally bringing us into New Orleans at 8.30. The graduation started at 9. So we would have had to gone straight there.
1: Yeah. And you probably would have been a little
0: late. Right. But you would have made it. Yeah. So we're like so defeated at this point. We get into an Uber and we start heading home to like basically get in bed (laughs) and go to Newark. And we're in the Uber. And rewind when we were at the JetBlue gate and... Kevin told Told me about the cancel fight. He was like, he was trying to get to New Orleans for a wedding. And he was like, let me, let's exchange numbers. Let me know what you girls decide. And we were like, Like okay, perfect. Yeah. So we exchanged numbers. Kind Kevin. Kind Kevin. I texted him and I was like, we didn't get on the 9 PM. We're going home. He's like about half an hour into the Uber now on our way back to the city. And I get a call. Um, My phone is ringing and it's Kevin. And I'm like, Carly. (laughs) This guy is calling me. Like, what does he want? And Carly was like, pick up. Just pick up, dude. I'm like, okay, fine. And thank God Carly was there and told me to pick up because I would not have picked up. So I pick up. I'm like, what's up? He's like, so United just added a 945 flight out of Newark tonight to New Orleans. They just added it. I was like, Are you kidding? He's like, no. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So I booked the flight. I literally book it.
1: Reroute the Uber. Reroute
0: the Uber to Newark, New Jersey. Now my this is Uber. When you called me. Yes. My Uber now is 300 dollars okay, Now it's like six o'clock. We're like, oh my God, the flight's not still 945. We're going to have time to sit, have dinner. All we've eaten all day were Cheez-Its and two beers. So we're like... My
1: only concern at this point when she kept texting me was like, am I going to have to give Zeki back?
0: Yeah, Literally, Carly was like, you're going to take Zeki back like from Katie, and Katie's going to be heartbroken. It takes three and a half hours to get from JFK to Newark, New Jersey. The Uber was so long that when we got in the Uber... No Air by Jordan Sparks was on, the, was on his playlist. And Carly's like, oh my God, your playlist is killing it. And he's like, oh, it's on my Spotify. And Carly like gets the driver's Spotify, of everything. Course. We pulled but up no to Newark. No Air is
1: a really good song. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, well,
0: I started crying. I'm like, really? It's such an emotional song. I need to get to my brother's graduation. And I'm hysterically crying in the Uber. And Carly's like, this is not the energy yeah. we need. Mariana, yeah. <laughs> this is not the energy we need. I'm hysterically crying. So you're welcome, Nika. So we pull up to Newark and No, no Air comes back on. We were like, this Uber was so." His whole playlist played. His
1: whole playlist. His whole
0: playlist. We start running because now it literally was like nine o'clock when we pulled up to Newark. Run through. We're getting ready to board. Whatever. We run security. They're like TSA pre check closes at eight o'clock at Newark. So I signed Carly up for Claire. We run through. We get to the gate. Delayed. Your pilot is in Punta Cana and stuck at customs. So now I'm like flipping out at the gate. Carly's like, I'm gonna go sit and have a beer with Kevin. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Carly and Kevin go and have a beer. My anxiety was like too high strung that I was like, I'm not moving from this sit. gate. Yeah. So I don't move from the gate. I'm sitting at the gate. I make a new friend, Kobe. Kobe's from New Orleans. Sweet, sweet Southern man. So we go sit down. We have a beer with Kobe, Kevin. Then two of them are so chill, laid back. I'm like, I, you're freaking out. Now I go to book a hotel room at Newark for our 6 a.m. flight. Cause I'm like, this flight's not taking off. There's no way. Because air traffic control, the little guys who do the little yeah. things with the sticks, yeah, they stop working at midnight. And now it's like 10.30, 10.45, 45 11, So I'm like, oh, we have an hour. I'm walking through the airport. Take
1: off in that hour. That was it. That's it. Sam was your next.
0: Finally, all of a sudden, like I get out to go to the bathroom, I see this man running. He's like, I've been looking for you and your sister. The flight's taking off. Like we run to the gate. It's like 11:30. Then we're like sitting at the gate, and I'm like, Carly, I bet air traffic control is gonna stop working. They're gonna make us get off the plane at this point. Yeah, Yeah, but we weren't moving, and I was like, you were on the plane. Yeah, 11:59, we take off. 11:59. Wow. We take off. We arrive in New Orleans at 3 a.m., everybody. 3 a.m. And then we left the following morning at 11. So, yeah, I spent more time in airports. I saw all the airports. That's about it. And screw Blue. Like, literally, Scrooge Blue. I will never fly you again. Yeah. Scrooge blue. Well,
1: you didn't choose to. Um, he and I were in our 10th dream. So, on that
2: note.
0: Yeah. On that note, let's get into our amazing interview with Lily. And everybody, check out um it's literally so good
1: and in honor of your uber so air.
0: What? okay yep.
2: hi Hello. hey guys thanks for having me on I'm so excited And hey, am so, so excited you. for you
1: to kick us off what do you do how old are you just tell us a little bit about yourself
2: yeah um Well, I'm the founder of Felia, as you guys know, uh, which is a non-alcoholic aperitivo created for moments you want to remember. So, um, you know, kind of like a Campari or Aperol, it's an aperitivo style. So it's a concentrate, Um, no added sugars, no preservatives, obviously no alcohol um, and all natural ingredients. So it's a really great product um, and I'm super excited to talk to you guys about it. Um, I'm 26 years old as of last week and I'm (laughs) And I was born and raised in New York City on the Upper West Side and moved to LA after college. So have, you know, so much to tell you about that and kind of like the start of my career. But yeah, that's, that's me. So going off of your little
0: intro, how did you come up with the idea for Felia?
2: Yeah, so I um, I'm sure you guys know this, but I actually grew up with an alcoholic parent. So I think growing up with you know that being kind of the circumstances, you're just super hyper aware of, you know, the options that aren't available for people who don't drink because they they really can't, um, and how hard that can be in social settings, especially when it's you know a lot of social settings revolve around alcohol and like sitting at a table or like you're at a bar or there's a cocktail party and. And you don't feel like there's anything that kind of like brings you to that level of of the same, you know, caliber of what they're drinking. And so I think that, um, yeah, I was always really aware of that and also started to see, I think, a lot of um, products emerge on the market, things that I really respected and things that I thought looked sophisticated and tasted sophisticated. But I didn't think that there was anything out there that I necessarily loved the taste of. Um, Yeah, at least, you know, something that I'd want to drink every night that. I would, you know, not get tired of or be like, this is a little too potent or like strong where it's like, it's a little overbearing. I can't sip on that every night. Um, yeah. So yeah, came up with kind of a few flavor profiles that I think I really gravitated towards um, and just started kind of building off of that. I found a really great uh, recipe developer in Los Angeles and we worked together on kind of just putting it together. We went through like three rounds and within those three rounds are three rounds. So you basically do nine rounds at the end of that. Wow. It's so I feel like it's true. Like there's such a movement recently towards
0: non-alcoholic beverage. Like I live on the corner of like um Poisson, the non-alcoholic liquor store, and they have Ilya. Yeah. And it's it's just like so cool that there's
2: so much popping up they're so diverse like, you. like it, I mean the amount of options is are just it, it's crazy to see for me at least someone who was always kind of on the lookout for something like this and um, to just see like that someone who doesn't drink for whatever reason you know you could be pregnant you could be health you know it could be um, you're on some medication or you just are you know like my dad like you're an alcoholic and it's just not an option for you um, to, to walk into a store like that and feel like you have you know, diversity and you could pick, you know, a non-alcoholic beer or an alcoholic, you know, aperitivo or an alcoholic, like a, a basically like you could choose anything. It's just crazy. Yeah. Um and I think that I try to stay wary of like remembering like especially in developing the recipes like I didn't want it to taste like alcohol, so I think that like with non-alcoholic beers or like non-alcoholic like gin, you know, like any type of like liquor alternatives that could also be triggering. So I think that that's also why I came to working with an aperitivo is because on its own, it's meant to be savored like in Italian French culture. Like it's, it's not meant to just be like totally guzzled down. It's a concentrate. So you want to like, first you have to mix it with something or you can drink it neat, but like, it's like this much kind of starting with that and then making sure that it was sophisticated and had like an edge to it, but wasn't too triggering was like really important to me.
1: Yeah. It, it really does feel like a need in that market,
0: in yeah. that space.
1: Because of course, some people are going to prefer the, you know, like the non-alcoholic beer that is going for like that beer taste. But then there are also people that can't taste any of that or have any of that sort of like resemblance near them because they they just can't, but they still are included in the space.
0: I always say growing up in the city, like I felt like seeing a lot of drugs and people having unhealthy relationships with drugs scared me away from wanting to ever touch a drug. Do you ever feel like seeing your dad struggle with his drinking scared you like from a young age to drink? And what was it like for you trying to figure out like your relationship with alcohol?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. And like, absolutely. I think I was always a really cautious drinker even in high school. Um, And like you said, like growing up in Manhattan, like everything is happening at like, you know, an accelerated rate. Like people are just like starting from such a young age So I think that having this experience, um, of just growing up with an alcoholic parent and like hiding, like finding liquor in my house and like wanting to pour it down the drain and like, that's, that sort of thing. Like I just wasn't, um, I think I was like afraid of alcohol for sure. Like to, at least at the beginning. And then I think I, once I got to college, I think I saw drinking habits like never before. I think if anything, it was like, it was even worse there, (laughs) um, and that that's something I don't think I ever really fully got into. I think that I before I knew better, right? Like now, I feel like I have a lot of perspective. I've I've like you know talked a lot about this and read a lot of books and listened to a lot of. Po- I've just like done a lot of growing in the, in this time and like have lost a parent in that time. But I think that when I first got to college, I wanted to try to keep up and I wanted to try to you know like I was like, why am I not like like this? People are, can do it and it, they're totally fine. But I think I was just not able to keep up, right? And um. I never had any like bad experiences was never hospitalized, but I saw a lot of people around me, like yeah. having these experiences. And I'm like, this is extremely triggering and this is yeah. not healthy, and this is really depressing. So I think that I quickly just was like, okay, I'm, I'm never going to even try to like be up to here with my, my peers. I'm just going to always do my thing and just continue to be cautious and stay wary of like these issues that, and like, these, these are when like the habits, like this, like, start to grow and start to foster is like you start these habits in college or whatever, and then you carry them out into your adult life and it can just become really, really ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. I feel like
1: a big part of like growing up and maturing is figuring out your relationship with alcohol. And like when you were in LA before you launched, what were you up to?
2: So I started my career off with um, a job at Beauty Counter in Santa Monica, and that was really great because I started uh, as an assistant to a a team. It was the brand marketing team, and it was the first ever brand marketing team at Beauty Counter. So it was kind of like we founded the team, this group of girls. Everyone was super great. Um, I had a really great experience. I ended up being like an executive assistant to two other people. So I felt like I was doing a lot. Um, I learned a lot. And um, from there, I actually ended up leaving and working for a woman who was contracting for Beauty Counter. She started her own company, which then became this, I would say like retail consulting agency. It was kind of, it was really small. It was like me and two other girls who Mm -hmm. founded the company. Um, And we would just do like everything um, from like pop-ups to bigger retail events, like brick and mortar launching, um, hiring people. We would do like brand moments, activations, um, influencer, like giftings, seedings, everything. So I would say like just getting that type of, um, trust from, from people that, that really like I respected and, and two women that I think like kind of had that like entrepreneurial spirit, mm-hmm. um, was really inspiring and just felt like they, they trusted me so much that I, was, I could just do all these things that people my age weren't doing. And I loved that. Um, so it was cool to have that experience. And I think having worked with like brands like Summer Fridays, APL, Heyday, like obviously those brands are really, you know, they're defined. They are, they've, they came to us together, but we really like helped them do, I think a lot of these like cool integrative moments that, that boosted their brand and like, you know, kind of like drew awareness and that sort of thing. So feeling comfortable working with, You know, newer brands, um, and just feeling comfortable with that level of responsibility. I think I knew that eventually I'd want to do my own thing. Yeah, but it was it boiled down to like, what am I passionate about, and what story do I have? Like, a a brand has to kind of at some point have a story to for people to be drawn to it, or there has to be some like special thing about it. I think for people to really want to buy it and to stay loyal and to like want that community from a brand. So, I think once. I got home from, um, I moved home during COVID. Um, I left that job. I just kind of was like, I need to do my own thing. Um, like this is the time I'm, I'm alone all day with kind of like nothing to do. Um, I would like freelance for some people, but I just wanted to just kind of take the plunge and I did. Um, and that was a lot of learning for me. That was just like, just a bizarre time. Cause I was like, where I have to start from soup to nuts. I have to start from nothing. Yeah. And Basically, like just start to Google and like teach myself things and like watch YouTube videos of people like or like how do you, you know, get a trademark lawyer and like an LLC and like an S Corp or all this stuff and like basically just try to build a foundation to what this could be before I even like told my mom or anybody else in my life.
0: What was the timeline from like when you came home and you of the idea for Felia what was the timeline like and like how did you really know where to start like was it just watching YouTube videos did you find a partner or like a mentor to team up with like how what was that timeline like before
2: launching I guess so I would say timeline was I started this in July let's say of 2020
0: okay yeah yeah, yeah we went along
2: no.
1: March 2020
2: yeah. So I started this July of 2020 and I launched in April of 2021. Oh, okay. Got it was last year. <laughs> and, and I, I had no one I spoke to. Nobody knew about this. Like nobody knew about this. And the best thing is that I, had so much going on at the time like I moved cross country I had a huge death in the family where I moved back to California for a month and was like taking care of family like I was like there's no way this is coming to life like everything like like the like life is like resisting this endeavor like the waves. to like no like felt like I was just like fighting to the finish and um like I said no mentors no one to really bounce like ideas off of or like I didn't want to ask too many questions. I didn't want to give this away. I didn't really want anyone to know because I didn't want to be embarrassed that if it didn't work out, honestly, like that's the truth. And as, as much as I hate to say it, cause like nobody was doing this at the time. And if I even like at the time where I even started to tell people like my best or friends or, like, close family where I was, like, this is my idea. I'm doing it. They're, like, okay, like, what is that? Like, what's the point if it doesn't have alcohol in it? Or, like, will people buy that, like, at that price? And, like, is there even, like, a market for that? Like, what? Why? And so you kind of just have to, like, trust yourself if you really believe in something like that and you just got to keep going. If you really believe, right? I had everything kind of, like, I guess set up for when I could figure out the funding and stuff like that. Um, And I needed obviously like a creative team to like give this an identity and give this like to flesh it out. This is, you know, I didn't even know what it was going to look like. I didn't know what the bottle looked like. I didn't know anything. So um, finding a really great creative team like Rowan Co was just, I mean, that's what really kind of gave us, I think um, our first like progress was just kind of giving an identity, right? Then it could kind of move a little faster than it was before we would just have meetings over zoom. I couldn't meet anybody. So I would just be like, they'd be like, give us some assets. So like pictures that are like inspirational to you and like colors that you like and whatever. And I'm like sending them this to them. You might have never worked in food and beverage. I've never started a company. I don't know anything about this process. I'm like, okay. Um, and they basically just kind of read my mind and we like, you just give them these like inspiration images and then they completely come up with this. Identity. Wow. Wow. That, that alongside a really great copywriter that I had who I worked with really closely and just like developing like the story and mm-hmm. the copy and keywords that we were going to use because that really is the community part of the brand and like where I think my story is shown and when my, where my story kind of shines is by telling it and like talking to people and, and, and basically creating a space where people feel comfortable coming in and having these honest conversations because yeah. I hadn't seen any brands doing that not talking about the people who don't drink because they can't drink and that's like and everyone knows someone like that but no one feels like comfortable talking about that so so once we had that I think kind of pinned down it was really easy to then start moving and yeah April 28th which is next month will be our one-year anniversary oh my god Congrats. congrats
1: thanks well, we were all at home, like tie dyeing,
2: yeah, and like we were starting something, making <laughs> banana bread. Eating- I was doing that too. I just was like,
0: so were you ever hesitant in sharing your dad's story? Were you ever nervous in because they know like you're super raw and open about it, um, which I think is so cool and so, like so inspiring in- to, right, other, to people. other people. Um, and I do, yeah. I can imagine it's something that's really hard to talk about.
2: Yeah. I think kind of similar to what I was saying about understanding like the way that I would want to drink in the world. I think it takes a lot of time and a lot of experience to get to where I am now, where I'm able to talk about it in the way that I am. Um, I think that growing up, I was really ashamed. I was really embarrassed. I didn't want to embarrass him. I didn't want people to think of him differently because that's what happens. Right, right? They don't trust person anymore They're, and they think differently of them a hundred percent. And even if anyone says otherwise a hundred percent every time someone thinks differently of someone like that. Yeah. It. It's like a
0: protective
1: um, thing also on exactly. top of like, it's not just about you.
2: Right. And it's not about like being progressive. It's just like the, the brain just automatically is like, Oh, if that person's drunk all the time, I can't trust them. It's, it's really hard. And it's also a preventable disease. So like, you're constantly just like, how can I save this person? How can I save this person? How can I figure this out so that this person right. doesn't die <laughs> like the whole time? So I think for me, I was more so like unable to talk about what was going on at the time because I was going through it. Like I was actively trying to save this person's life and and going through these really hard motions of the, just like being a family member of, of an addict. So I don't think that was the right time for me to like open up and talk to people about it. My dad was still alive. I was still going and I was in the thick of it and I couldn't, I really couldn't. I was like just totally broken as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think that it took me like losing my dad and kind of getting out of college somehow graduating on time. I don't know. Um, And it's like, basically just like, I feel like I'm always just kind of like trying to like fight to the finish and like get things done in like really hard times. So I think once you kind of come up for air and like, you're able to see like in hindsight, like that's really crazy. um, You you're I'm able to at least talk about it now um, because I also, realize that in that time it would have been really helpful for me to have someone to talk to or to see yeah. somebody on, on Instagram or to see somebody that was like a, a brand owner or someone that I like I'm not saying anyone should look up to me but just to feel like they could relate to me is like oh, and I really like to you and relate. Yeah. yeah and and feels like oh she, she's a real person she's not like an influencer but she's just a real right. person out there in the world I've been through this right um and so I think that that's what kind of motivates me now to continue to do that is like, I needed this so badly. And there are so many people out there who can't, who just can't, they can't talk about it. It's just too hard. And so if even if they don't talk about it, but they hear this voice out there and they're like, okay, I'm not alone. And mm-hmm. I'm not, I think, yeah, I guess in now in, in this career that I have, it's it's easier to talk about. It's still hard. You're reliving a lot of shit that like you haven't talked Yeah, about I'm before. sure a lot comes up Just like I, I mean, I, you guys follow me on Instagram, I posted this like video on, um, on Friday, and it was the day after I posted it on the day after my dad died, my dad died the day after my birthday, and I had never listened to that voicemail I had never like even wow. thought about that and I think that I was just like if I'm going to talk about this honestly like I need to remember a lot of things that I went through because I've had a lot of distance right like yeah once you once you move away in time from someone and like something like that like you forget a lot of things and you've like, like yeah. just becoming a human like you block a lot out so I'm like I have right. to like kind of get back in there if I want to keep talking about it, honestly, and riding a bike or something like you, you hear it and you're like, I'm back in that zone. Like I am a terrified little kid or like a college student or I'm in high school again and I'm dealing with this. So I think doing things like that as hard as they are, like, I think it's been kind of good for me. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's been a learning experience. Yeah. Listening to that voicemail is like pure
0: evidence that he's so helpless and like right. it's a disease just like any other disease and there shouldn't right. be a stigma attached to it
1: it's not a choice nobody wakes right. up one day and says
2: no, i want to be addicted yeah. it is it's a disease it's no you're yeah you're you're you are like helpless and i think that as him especially like it's interesting you say that i feel like a lot of people have you know this one set you know mindset of just like this is how it is, you know, every movie I've ever seen has just painted them to be super aggressive and like abusive. And like that's not like, that's my dad and I had a great relationship. I actually, like, I felt that like, my dad was the parent that I was like the closest with, like, right. Like we were just like inseparable. Like we were, we were, we were best friends. So to see our relationship totally deteriorate, but like, like that voicemail, like the reason I even posted that was because that's a month before he died, basically. So you're just, you're basically hearing him say like, I'm starting to feel better again. Like I'm starting to feel good and, and hopeful. And like, I want to be a dad again. And like, I love you. And and then you just realize that like, it's, it's not enough. It's not right. enough. If you're, if you're addicted, you could love somebody, you know, unconditionally, but if that's, you know, if you're addicted and you can't get out of it, then that's, what's going to happen.
0: Since launching, Thelia, what has been your proudest moment or when you were like,
2: wow, all my hard work has like finally come to fruition. And it's, it's really hard to single it and down or just kind yeah. of narrow it down a moment. But I think that there are a few, like I think launch day was crazy just to see mm-hmm. how many orders came in and to see, and to see it just come to life. Like it's a product on the market. And I guess um, another proud moment was just, we reached a hundred um, stockists that carry us. That means like restaurants, stores, wow. coffee shops, anywhere. Now That's- we're at 150- okay. Um, which is just crazy because we haven't even hit our year one-year mark and we are a right. team of two, one of which isn't even a full-time employee. So, yeah, I think making it into like the New York Times and Vogue and like seeing yeah. my name, like that's like, I just Friend could have God. never like envisioned that, right? But I think more so just like having conversations with people that like are touched by the story and feel like they can relate. And Just getting a a DM or a text from somebody, just being like, thank you. Like, I I can't tell you how much this means to me. Like that really, I think is something that resonates more with me than any of those other things I mentioned, but all very cool and proud moments. Yeah, Yeah, definitely.
0: How do you feel like being in this space, like in the non-alcoholic beverage space has changed your relationship with alcohol? Because I feel like now we see a lot of people who don't have- any kind of addiction or bad yeah. relationship with alcohol, just yeah. being more conscious of their drinking in terms of even just your health, um, but also like there is a sober curious movement. I mean, I do
2: not really. right? And she doesn't right. have like an addiction; or she just chooses right not to yeah. drink. I definitely see a lot, at least a generation after us. I think could see them really not gravitating towards alcohol and more so towards other things i don't know if that means yeah. it's stock or like vaping like i don't know like i don't know what yeah. what what else is in store for them but i don't think it's it's going to be based on alcohol like at least ours was i think and is yeah, and, I you know let see that evolving i think for myself um I definitely don't drink uh, the way that I did. And and not that I ever really pushed it. Like I never have been like a crazy drinker. Basically like intuitively drinking. And I know intuitively is like totally overblown and used in everything. But like basically like doing that when I want to and not doing it when I don't want to. Such a stigma right. to like, if you're not drinking, you're not going
0: to have fun. And there's been so many nights where I've like not drank and I'm with a bunch of people and they're all wasted. And then the next day I'm like, yeah, I didn't drink. They're like, really? I didn't even notice. We need to normalize intuitive drinking. Yeah. yeah. That's
2: what Let's normalize yeah. it. Yeah. Do what you want. Do it makes you feel good. And and then you won't ever feel like you have a bad relationship with drinking, I think. Like, if you just, you know, kind of, like, take it all in, in moderation or not at all if you don't want to. And it's totally... Mm-hmm. Do you see, like, expansion in other spaces as well? Is it something that like you've thought about? Yes, we're already working on it. It'll be oh. out this summer, so... Um, something to look out for. We are already almost there. So it's funny you ask. Yeah. What is the story behind the name? For the name, it really boiled down to wanting to stay, I think, true to the culture of aperitivo. So I wanted it to be Italian because I just am so attracted to and just like in awe of the way that they are and the way that they eat and the way that they drink. It's all in moderation. It's all just to yeah. be savor and to be enjoyed. So I think that that was the biggest thing for me. I had spent a lot of time in Italy when, right after my dad died. And I think that that was really interesting to see the way that people drank there um, in comparison to what I was used to in the States. So yeah, I wanted to stay true to that. And then also wanted it to be, you know, close to home with my story. So I came up with "Felia" because it translates to daughter in Italian.
0: Okay. Now to kind of wrap things up, we're going to go into some like quick fire rapid,
2: rapid. All right. Okay. Um, Okay,
0: first, what's the best mocktail that you've tasted with Elia as the
2: aperitivo? Oh my God, probably this past Saturday, I had a drink at this new bar in Greenpoint called Eavesdrop and um, Jeremy, my guy there made me this, it was kind of like a little micro like drink just to try it, but it had like pineapple and like all these like herbs and it was just like he shook it up so it was like frothy and so that oh. that was well, that's you good. Drop.
1: um if you could sell philia in any new york city restaurant which would you pick
2: that's hard because i i was always thinking on like how cool would it have been to be in like dean and deluca um or yeah. like butterfield you know because that's like an uptown staple um i don't know i think being in like a really iconic new york spot like Bammelman's or yeah um, that would be really cool. Yeah, or just like some, something that like really feels New York because I'm a New Yorker. Like that, that would be it.
0: Um, okay, your favorite and least favorite thing about growing up in the city.
2: Favorite is the independence and you're just around like everybody at all times and it's the best city in the world. Uh, least favorite is I feel like I always wanted like like space and just like we'd go to like sports practice and I have to take the train. I'm like, can we be normal and like get on a bus or something?
0: Yeah, <laughs> people always ask you. they're like, did you have gym
2: class in like Central Park? I'm like, honestly, yeah. yes. do <laughs> oh my God. Well, I I don't walk. Recess was Central Park for us. We would, I went to a really weird school and they would have us just like, we wouldn't be able to play on playgrounds. We had to go into like one of the like meadows, like, and just make up our own games for like an right. hour. Yeah. <laughs> do we do that every day. Okay. Your biggest motivator. M- maybe it's, it's I-, I hate to say this. I think my biggest motivator is like me. Like I'm literally like by myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like at the end of the day, like I'm alone in this process. And, um, I feel like I just am super (laughs) shocked that I got here. And I don't, I think that anybody could do this if they cared and like, like really like felt that they wanted to make this type of change in any form of like whatever they're working on. Right. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm constantly like, like therapy has helped so much, but I'm constantly like, okay, like, this is happening. This is happening. Like it feels like this is all crumbling, but like you have to just keep going. You have to keep going. You can't give up on yourself. You can't give up on this. Like you just work so hard to get here. So I feel yeah. like I'm my biggest motivator. Yeah, you've got to be like you're- like I'm alone in this, you know. So yeah. that's, that's been interesting that's- to kind of like develop that relationship with myself. That's you have to be your the most important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could, I could make some other ones up. Like, I feel like my family's great, but like at the end of the day, like they're not holding my hand all day. It's me. So you're accountable for keeping this alive. Yeah.
1: So we talked about your dad's passing and how it's been such a huge part of your journey. If you could tell your dad one thing now, what would it be?
2: Mm, I don't know. I mean, I think that's a, that's a hard question because I feel like I'd (laughs) I don't want to say a lot of things I think it's it's hard because with this sort of thing I think you still have a lot of anger towards that person so like sometimes like I'll be going through hard things and I'm like oh my god I hate you for like leaving me in this position um but I think like you know I mean I guess I would just say like like I love you and like I'm I like wish you were here to like experience this with me because it would be like awesome to see like how he feels like Philia fits into his life or, um, and his routine or to share it with his community at AA and stuff like that. Cause that's really not a market that I can like tap into right? because it's anonymous, and I don't want to turn it into this like marketing thing. It's just like yeah. something that I would like naturally like progress through people just sharing it. And like, that's their business to share. And I don't want to get involved in that because that's not my place, but yeah, I, I like wish that were a thing. And so, yeah, that's, that's really all I'd say. Yeah. No, it's really so cool that, like, you were able to start
0: this, like, in his honor. And then, last one, the, like, most exciting person who's reached out to you about Thelia that you were like, oh my god, I cannot believe they're
2: drinking my beverage. I think Holly Whitaker. I, like, we have reached out to her to send her a bottle on um for, like, our editor seatings, and... I think whoever was representing her or maybe it was her was just like, no, thank you. Um, Super nice. Just like, we're good. And on launch day, she bought her own bottle and messaged me. It was like, this is so amazing. Like, thank you. Or like, this is great. Like, I'm really excited about this. And I was just like, what? How? how did this like choose yeah. my sister. like that's just that was the coolest thing ever yeah i think that's that's really it i mean partnering with like some brands that i'm i'm just so shocked want to work with us is cool like we're doing a few things with jenny kane right now and that oh. that's cool um Sorry. to to be part of that so like i think that's always a brand that like in la like that's the brand that's like everyone wants to with jenny kane um and so i think that yeah that's exciting for me
1: very exciting. You have so many exciting things going on. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Where,
1: where can we find Felia? Where can we buy Felia and where can we follow the brands and everything that you guys
2: are, are up to? So, I mean, if you live in New York city, you can find us like, at a ton of places, Um, but we have a stockist um, feature on our website. So you can just go there, type in your zip code, and you can see everywhere near you. Um, We're in a lot of like bigger retailers who like Foxtrot um, or like Poisson, which has like a couple different branches. So those are always, I would say like go-tos that are really easy for people to find. Um, and we're on Instagram you can follow Drinkphilia you can follow me if you ever want to talk you can slide into my DMs I'm down to talk about alcoholism and mental health always so yeah to you New York